Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at labbrooks.com. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair, and I've got three guests this week for the fake result podcast. So I've got three fake guests. Uh, in fact, I've got three Mancunians and one Kentish. Are you a Kentish man or a man of Kent? I'm a man of Kent. I'm born south of the River Medway. That makes you a man of Kent. Joe Doherty, welcome to the, the fake podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely fake. Should have been 6-0, according to Shearer. Well, he's right, yeah. You know, wasn't for Begovic, we would have been 4 0 up inside 20 minutes. Should we introduce our Mancunians as well? Yeah, go on. Lee Warner. Hello, nice to be back. Top of the league. Absolutely, top of the league. It feels good. Didn't think it was going to be uh, top of the league after two games, but uh, yeah, really excited for the season ahead now. And final, final Mancunian, Paul Denby. Good evening, everybody. And we are top of the league, and I'm going to sing that all the time now. For, hopefully, for the rest of the season, we can do a Chelsea that they did last season from the day one to the end of the season. Let's go for it. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? So if we, have you, have you, you're the sort of person, if we won every game 3 0, and obviously Joe would win Golden Gloves again. 114 points and 114 goals and non conceded at 38 times three. <laughs> Sad, I know. That would do me, make me happy. Can we can we start with the uh, with the ground actually an odd place to start but that south stand extension um, that we've all seen the pictures we've seen the uh, the flags waving in front and so on and, and obviously you were there Lee you were there Paul as well um, did did it change the atmosphere was it did it feel different I'm not sure whether that changed the atmosphere or that but there was a lot more atmosphere I felt at the ground yesterday whether it was because first game of the season Chelsea the opposition but the atmosphere was really good sometimes you go to City it's not great but I felt yesterday it was really good whether it was the South Stand I'm not sure I'll tell you one thing looking at it from the other end of the ground it looks bloody steep that top tier I wouldn't like to be up there after having a few beers yeah I think you've got to probably credit City's marketing team to be honest they 
plugged that bloody stand for uh, about you know two weeks leading up to it all the stuff behind the scenes on social media and then on the day itself they had all the banners and the ticker tape and it looked really good um, it kind of gives that feel of, of a big stadium a big European stadium um, like a Bernabeu or something like that when you look that way unless you look the other way and it's a bit smaller um, <laughs> but yeah I'd say the atmosphere was more down to the the, the, the actual game itself the controversy before the game with Chelsea's doctor and all that stuff and the fact that the fans were so riled by everything that was going on and the fact that we actually just played so well what I've found often in the past at the Etihad is if we start quickly with intensity and play really well the fans get up for it so so much quicker than when we kind of play quite slow labouring possession based football and then it's just the fans don't really want to know it's, that, that's frustrating that shouldn't be the way it is but often that's the case But uh, you talk about the good start I mean we could have been 1-0 up in, within a minute I mean Sergio threw on goal I mean you've got to credit the keeper I guess but he's buried those in the past Well I think you know middle of the season he does bury that doesn't he I just think you know it was his first touch of his first start maybe you know he hasn't had a full pre-season maybe he wasn't quite as sharp he was still outstanding yesterday man of the match totally deserved saw a stat that I think he had a 95% pass rate or something but you sort of felt like he maybe wasn't quite as sharp as the Aguero middle of the season I think the first chance him missing it was probably more down to him being so surprised that within <laughs> yeah. the first 30 seconds of the game he's through on goal one on one. I mean, you know, teams against other teams where that happens, maybe Stoke, a team like that, he probably would have put that away. But it's it's the case of him being one on one against Chelsea, and you know, that maybe the occasion got to him a bit. But he missed about three or four, Paul, before actually scored. Before he scored his first. Well, the first one in the first minute. Yeah, maybe it was a. He should have buried. He should have scored that one. The other two after that, soon after, in the I can't remember exact minutes, but Bergovic made good saves. I think it hit them reasonably well. Bergovic got down very quickly, and you'd expect a goalkeeper to make some good saves in the game. But so I'm not going to blame Aguero. You, you can't. I never would do. But it, could he have had a hat trick? It would have been a bloody good hat trick to score. But I've, you can't take it away from the keeper as well. He, he did well. Well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, and try. <laughs> did anybody have a bad game? I mean, I'm really struggling, Lee, to see if any... You, know, you think of your man, Joe's gone for Aguero, but I don't think anybody played badly. I don't think Aguero had a bad game. I don't think he was man of the match, having said that, which mm. is what City gave him. Um, but, yeah, the, you're struggling to find a player who had a bad game, really. I think the back six players, mm. so including Joe and then Fernandinho in front of the back four, were just ridiculous. Um, you know, never seen him play with such an intensity before. Uh, company was still doing his thing where he gets a bit rash and tries to dive in too quickly. Quickly, and, and there, were, there were a few moments, you know, where we were probably giving away some silly fouls around the box. But besides that, um, you kind of won that as well in a big game against Chelsea. You actually don't mind when your players are so up for it that they're, that they're fouling the opposition because it just makes them know that they're there. Yeah. I, I would give a man of the match to Fernandinho. I thought he was just brilliant at what he did. All right, he, a bit silly on the Costa stuff, but never mind that. He was absolutely—he he got everything in midfield. He won nearly every single 50-50 ball and just came away with it and distribution was decent, came forward at the right times. But you're right, Nigel, everybody had a good game yesterday. You'd score them all. You wouldn't score anybody lower than a seven and probably eights out of ten most and the odd nines. Can I just come back to you and challenge you? You said bit silly on the Costa and let's, let's gloss over that, but a number of people would have said that was a sending off offence. He led with his elbow. You know, and whatever Costa does in, in, in a season, and we all know his antics. Uh, another, so, uh, yeah, you're right. Another referee could have sent him off for that, which was a bit stupid. I don't think it was as bad as Mourinho made, no. made out, not at all. But yeah, some referees could have seen it as w- worse than Atkinson did. 
I didn't think it was a red because he was, I didn't I didn't think there was that much intent. He looked like he was looking the other way. It wasn't a full on elbow. It wasn't like Fellaini's ones, which are much more clear. I think I think a yellow card definitely could it have been a red maybe on another day, but I think that would have spoiled the game actually as well. There wasn't m- much blood on the bandage either, was it? You know, so it went on. <laughs> the uh, it, someone just mentioned Lee. You, you talked about the medical staff at Cowan. Just the humour of the city fans. Oh, you know, you that just, was wasn't that fantastic? It, it, they were just waiting for it, weren't they? <laughs> it was just because obviously, you know, ninety-minute game there's likely to be yeah. a stoppage and. You could just tell that I've never heard a roar like it in many ways, uh, which is quite pathetic in a way from a, a city perspective. But yeah, it was very, very funny, and I think it's just, it's nice to have those sort of funny, light-hearted moments. Um, and actually, to have the two injuries at the same time, and then the city physio has to come on and help them out. And so I just thought that was fantastic. That summed it up, and the way we burst into song, you're getting sacked in the morning. It was just fantastic. Exactly. Um, so in terms of. Um, Sort of, we said that no one had a bad game. Can we just pick out one or two? Obviously, Sterling's home debut. Mm. So uh, I think again, we've we've already said that nobody's had a bad game, but he impressed me. Oh, he did, and I like his partnership with Kolarov. I think that's developing well. What I like about Sterling is, is in the past, Kolarov's always been the overlapper. Like Nasri's always played it through, or whoever or Milner, whoever's been playing there. But Sterling can either go outside or inside, and he gives the option of maybe passing back to Kolarov, that gives Kolarov more trajectory on the cross. And I quite like that partnership they've got. Yeah, I don't think he had his best game, and I don't, and I think he'll have a lot better games in the future. But mm. it was just nice to have that sort of option in a team against a team like Chelsea. Don't really think we've had a player like him for a few years who can just turn quickly and drive at a player like Ivanovic, Ivanovic who's probably the best right back in the league, and he didn't make him look that way yesterday. Um, yeah, it's just that way he can go outside and. And there's so many times where, when he's veered into the box, the only thing that's either going to happen is he's going to put a cross in or get fouled and win a penalty every single time because he's already got around the back. And we just haven't had a player like that who can do that for a, for a few years. Well, talking of right backs, I, th- I was pretty pleased with our right back yesterday. I thought Sanya had one of his best games for City, and he's looked good start of the season. You know, maybe Zabba's got a bit of a fight on his hands to win his place back. What what Sanya does well is he wins the ball in the air every time. Mm-hmm. Hart distribution was looking for Sanya and Sanya knocked it on I don't think he won every single header but he won about 80% of them and knocked it down for Navas or whoever was there and it, I think he's had a good couple of games Sanya it's healthy as well for Zabaleta to be honest he hasn't had much competition for a few years and maybe last season it showed a bit he got a little bit too comfortable and, mm. and, he, and he was a bit slacky but. of course Sanya's no muck he was one of the best right backs in the league when he was at Arsenal so it's not like we haven't just bought him as a backup he really is there to challenge it's the haircut, I think, isn't it? Oh, he's looked a lot better since he lost the haircut. But, you know, the thing with the haircut was it didn't really fit in at City. When he was at Arsenal, there was Alex Song and Juru and all those other players who had bleached blonde hair. It, it, it didn't really fit in at City, so he lost it. We have done great City haircuts in the past, I think. Yeah, we uh, have. So we've probably not, not got time today to go back. And maybe, maybe at the end of the season, Joe, part of your wonderful quizzes you set us, maybe we yeah. have some great City haircuts. But uh, no, I'm I think Dimichelis is another one you see as well. I like his hair better now he's had it cut. Definitely hated better it. Better now, but when he was running down the touchline with the trophy in his hands and his oh, hair yeah. flailing behind him, that was. Well, one he needed. He needed the hair for the song. Yeah. But it took me, it took me eight games to realise it was him because he just looks completely different. I thought, who's that? He looks about ten years younger. Well, he does. Not haircuts, but numbers. It felt weird to see Jekko playing so well yesterday and making all those good <laughs> runs and good touches. Indeed. So what about our number 10's goal then? So who, One question, who's going to be our top goal scorer? Is it going to be Company or Aguero at the end of the season? I'm putting money on Company. You know, so it's, like, it's like buses, isn't it? We don't score headers from corners virtually all of last season. One in each of well, the we first two games. We can't take a corner. Well, so you all bloody moan about it for the whole bloody we year. We did. Corners. Corners. <laughs> corners. They listen to us. They listen to us. 
David yeah. Silva's been listening to us and thought, oh, I need to train more. Well, his corners have been pretty damn good the first... I don't know what's happened, whether he's been training on it, but he's done something right. But, all right, company had it. He ran and he did his same thing. It was virtually identical goal to the one against West Brom. Mm. It didn't loop as high, but it was a very similar sort of uh, reaction. It's like those out-swinging ones rather than in-swinging, so it's kind of going away from goal but then he can attack it at the near post and just get that flick on so it kind of guides it in. It's, it's a nice little technique they've got going. So he's got, company's got one off his shoulder, one off his head. He might score one with his feet next week. Imagine that. Has he ever for us? Y- yes, he did. Last game of the season against West Ham when we oh, went 2-0. That's, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. In the box, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the opposition as well um, because if I think we were chatting before we came on air that uh, there's a great piece on social media from the Chelsea I think their Chelsea website which was their report on the game which was absolutely hilarious Lee you were, you were telling us about it yeah so. it's just uh, a bit of an embarrassing one because I've seen in the past when we've you know had really disappointing results our, our guys our social media guys I'm not like saying this just you know, because I'm a City fan, but they genuinely would never do something like that. The, the guys who run the City social media accounts, they would give a fair reflection of the game. If we play poorly, they'd, they'd say it how it was. And it was a really strange, bitter one. It was almost as if Mourinho had written it himself and given it to them. It was, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, the sort of off to two, sort of an offside goal that they scored. Two City players should have been sent off. And, uh, and then, you know, it was sort of against the run of play, we scored two goals in the second yeah. half and they, they, they beat us 9-1. Nine, nine someone put it, summed it up saying, you know, nice to see Chelsea giving their uh, match reports to the eight-year-old work experience kid. Um, <laughs> that kind of summed it up, really. Well, on the subject of uh, the media, it sort of shows how what difference two weeks can make. Like, two weeks ago, Chelsea are the absolute favourites and City might be lucky to finish fifth. And this week's been a bit sort of... Mourinho's a bit like Coriolanus and the fickle crowd. You know, they've changed their view. Chelsea will be lucky to finish fourth now and will win the title at a storm. You know, make your mind up. It's early days. But that's just the, the nature of the press. They love a story arc. They can't, they can't do without it. So, you know, a team wins, they're all of a sudden the Kings. The team loses, they're not. So it's just the nature of the press. And it's, I, I try my best to kind of veer away from all that. It's my weakness. I know you're a, big, you're a big Chelsea fan, aren't you, Paul? I love Chelsea. They're my favourite team not. I think yesterday we just gave the perfect performance. Uh, it really was as close to perfection as you could get. That first half in particular, we just they hardly got a look in. Hart didn't have a thing to do. And we had, as we said, three, four, five good chances. And we just ran the whole game. And it's OK when you say, and I don't want to sound disrespectful to some of the lower teams in the Premier League, but Chelsea are a top team. And we just absolutely annihilated them. And you don't often see a top team annihilating another top team, unless you play Barcelona. Help me understand, what's your view, what's the difference then from last year? Because we were frustrated last year, you know, we, we never played, you know, we didn't play to our full potential, we fell well short, so what, what's, I know it's only two games, we, we know it's only two games, but what, what, what's changed, what's different? I, I think that, think of the two seasons where we haven't done well recently, it's after the World Cup and the European Championships, and I think some of our players, they're getting on a little bit, let's be honest, and I think the break has done them a lot of good. I think Aguero had his South American tournament, but the other players look fresh. They look up for it. Yaya looks like he's lost three years. Company is also looking a bit sharper. Mangala was a man totally chained. I just think they're, they're fresher. They've had a good break, and I think that really helps. Well, I think there's two differences, well, more, more for Chelsea and us as well, is both seasons we've won the league, we haven't strengthened well enough in the summer. Chelsea have made that mistake. They've brought in Begovic, who's a good backup keeper, and they've brought in Falcao. Neither of them are game changers. We've brought in Sterling, who is a game changer. And the other problem is, 
is that last season we were everyone's cup final because we were champions. This season, Chelsea will be. West Brom would have played much better against us last season and Swansea probably wouldn't have played as well as they did against Chelsea and I think that will be a big difference and I think Chelsea will come unstuck a lot more because they're champions and they're the cup final now and we might have a slightly easier run. Yeah, I think it's uh, back to the point about, you know, well, being the title challenge. I think it's very difficult to defend the title. I've seen that for years and I think that plays a big part and signing players like Sterling if more than anything is a statement of intent um, Chelsea signed very well the past few seasons and I think they're going to be cl- like sort of clawing around for a late, a late few big signings similar to what we're doing to be honest we're you know, going after one or two now but that's the way to do it you know the money doesn't mean anything all big teams spend a lot of money you know people criticising Sterling and, and things like that and City spending 50 million he'll probably prove his value by the end of the season so what do you read into the John Terry substitution Lee as well lots been made of that I think the first time I wouldn't have known that unless I heard the stat uh, but first time he's ever been subbed by Mourinho in the, in the Premier League that, that's a lot of people reading quite a lot into that yeah a bit of a strange one um, probably a bit of Mourinho trying to mix something up in a strange period of the game to, to get a bit of a sort of catalyst from his team to say at half time, you know, I'm changing up, I'm doing something very bold, you guys need to do the same. Um, also, probably a little bit of the guard is changing. Um, he's been after Stones the whole summer. Obviously, Stones and Cahill are going to be seen as the, the future two centre halves. So, probably a little bit in that as well. But I think Mourinho's just played a lot of cards in the past week or two, and none of them have seemed to pay off for him. So, it might just be another one of those of him kind of getting to the end of his tether and, and not choosing the right decision again. Any thoughts uh, Any thoughts on Terry? Or, or would you rather move on and not talk about them? Should we talk about our third goal? Yeah, let's oh, talk about our does. third goal. Yeah, um, Ignore Terry now. Yeah, Third goal, what a strike by Fernandinho. And, and the Chelsea defence, again, was all over the place. I mean, we, we worked the ball. If you look at, the, look at it again, we worked the ball beautifully down the left-hand side beforehand. Then we ran into a little bit of trouble in, towards their penalty area. But then the tackling was a bit awry. And the Fernandinho strike was absolutely superb. I mean, you don't get better than that. And he's not the great strike of the ball normally. So, fantastic. Icing on the cake. Yeah, I thought that was a brilliant goal. It's probably the best goal he scored for us as well. But I'd like to say, like you were saying, Paul, down the left wing, I thought that bit, that, that move with Nasri and Boney to get there in the first place was very nice. And also, I like the way Silva just won the ball back straight in front of their box. Soon as they looks like they defend it, he gets it straight back, gives it to Fernandinho. Beautiful strike. And Boney's such a great option to have on the bench. Mm. And I think I'd like, I hope to see him be given a bit more of an opportunity. And City fans sort of get off his back a little bit. I've, I've heard like a lot of rumblings of just people just not rating him and not thinking he's going to do anything. So season. when you say give him more of an opportunity, so drop Aguero for Bonnie, is no, that what you're saying? No, not drop Aguero. Play just, two up front? I think he's just got to be given more of an opportunity in games. I don't think you always need to start Aguero. It depends what the team's playing like, but I think certain games will call for a player like Bonnie in the team. I think he's shown he's absolutely brute. Yeah, he's a brute force. Oh, just, it's a different kind of... Because Aguero is very strong, obviously, but it's a different kind of... Um, do you see any situations where we play two up, two up top? Maybe Watford at home we might. It'd be interesting to see because I think those are the sort of games that yeah we might as well go for it. We don't we don't need to play four five one every game. And Watford at home is a good example. Maybe when we can try four four two just to try something different. And it, and as we get into European season soon, those are the opportunities when you need both strikers to have not necessarily a rotation policy, but you know if you if we're lucky enough to be say two or three nil up with twenty minutes to go, you take Aguero off and put Bonnie on, give him a bit of a longer mm. game, or you play Bonnie Bonnie from the start. 
and uh, put Aguero on later on. You've got that option. Because the issue is, a lot of the time, if you're just playing one striker relentlessly and the other one's only ever getting 15 or 20 minutes on the pitch, then when he does get a start, Bonnie, he's going to think, oh, this is my only 60 minutes to impress. Mm. I've got to do something special and then it won't happen for him. So he needs to feel comfortable that he's going to get a bit of a run of games otherwise he'll never do anything. Well, the problem with 4-4-2 for me is I I think it's a waste of David Silva having to make him play on the wing. Because uh, he's got to, he's not very good at tracking back and covering the way that Navas and um, Sterling and Nasri are. I don't think he's. I don't think I don't like us playing four four two because I think it ruins David Silva. So, I think we should play four five one every game. I just think there are some games where maybe we don't need to start Aguero. And I, I sometimes think there'd be games where maybe Aguero would be better as an impact sub. Maybe invite that team onto us a bit and use Bonnie. May, and then last half an hour just really go for them when they're tiring and also his injury record over the years has proven that that Bonnie probably will get more time than another striker would well we've signed up with Lad Brooks to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers that we've uh, wrangled out of them uh, for you follow the links on our Facebook page and Twitter feed for starters there's a free bet of up to £50 for you For, for, for that go to, I'll start again. For that, go to ladbrooks.com and enter the promo code LAD50. That's L-A-D-50. And our brand new iPhone app has been updated. It's absolutely free at the iTunes store. And you can see all our videos, news, download it and leave us a nice review. And all the links to our Facebook page, Twitter and the details of our fantastic phone apps are all at citypodcast.net. And finally, join us on Facebook, Twitter, which is at City Podcast. Um, can I, sort of first home game of the season, something else that we all were able to see in all its glory is our, our new kit, which uh, we haven't talked about. I know we've kind of had three podcasts now, but we actually haven't talked about it very much. I personally am delighted to see white shorts back. I'm a bit of a traditionalist, as you know, but white shorts, I hate the bloody Coventry City kit that we've had, you know, and I know we sort of swap it around. White shorts we have to have, and white shorts it is, and I'm sure that's the reason we're doing so well. White shorts, I agree, but it's the white trim that's the thing for me. I really don't like black or dark blue on a kit, and you know they've got the badge, the right colour again. You know, it was I really didn't like last season's kit. But Lee, I think you've got a different view. Uh, no, I'm generally agreeing. So I think the, the two seasons where we um, we didn't win the league, we had the black trim or the mm. navy trim, and and I agree with the white shorts. I just don't like Nike in general. Uh, as you know, I don't think they make particularly memorable kits. They're quite. You know, so many teams have it. I prefer the the Umbro days, sort of when we were yeah. starting out with under Sheikh Mansour. Like the, the, I'm not sure about the collar. It's the collar that doesn't work. Oh for no, me. I, I like the I don't mind it. You don't mind, Paul. I am totally and utterly ambivalent. As long as we play good football and win the league, I don't give a shit whether we wear <laughs> we, we ha- a collar look, or not a collar. You've got to look good doing it, Paul. Come on, think no, about these things. Sorry. <laughs> what about United winning the league in that horrible black stripe thing? Again, they don't deserve it. Don't give a shit. But shouldn't our second? The right answer. Shouldn't our second kit all be red and black oh, that, stripes that one, that one without doubt I was brought up on maroon originally then red and black stripes 69 cup final I've got mm. the kit from there red and black stripes always has got to be the second kit I think and, it and gives look, us some class to look like AC Milan as well AC so, Milan look like us <laughs> so, so you're even as a, as a relatively young person Mr Warner so you're red and black, you get the red and black stripe oh, yeah, bit, absolutely. Do you? don't call me young when he's on the podcast <laughs> Jesus alright oh, calm down he's like 17 16 17 soon to be 18 yeah soon to be 18 because it's my birthday first pint at Palace yeah first pint at Palace that's the thing if any of you are going to Palace you can say hi and join me for a for my 18th birthday celebration so it's your birthday and when we play Palace away yeah and you'll be there and you'll be tweeting and, and you'll be sort of like, everybody will everybody will know where you are City in the getting you a cake yeah Yaya's yeah, getting you a cake City, if I don't get a cake <laughs> if Yaya doesn't get me a cake you know what um, I'm not coming on this podcast anymore so I'm just writing down Yaya's getting Joe a cake 
Yeah. I can see that being our... No, I think the Coriolanus one was better. Uh, it could be Coriolanus. We'll come back to that one. <laughs> so so um, I think Leicester City then, having looked at all the games, Paul, looking at all the games over the weekend, probably Leicester City now are our real threat this season in terms oh, of Premier League definitely. title. They're scoring goals for fun. They've won two out of two. So, yeah, I guess it could be Man City, Leicester City going for the title. It would be great for football in general that Leicester City maintain that. Well, seriously, I thought the way they played at West Ham, the way they went ahead early and sort of ground out a second-half performance away from home was really impressive. I mean, the Sunderland one was a bit of a joke because Sunderland have been shit so far. But that performance at West Ham was a... I mean, I'm not... Obviously, I'm, they're not gonna, they are not going to win the title and they're going to finish bottom half, probably. But that was a championship-winning... You know, if we went to West Ham, went 2-0 up, they pulled one back early on and we ground out a 2-1, I'd be delighted with something like that. Yeah. They're good. I think we should move on. They're all right. I want them to stay on. I want to talk about City again. Well, it's his let's, city. Let's, let's, listen, let's, talk, let's kick us off then with, with some transfer news then. Uh, obviously, uh, Otamendi has been talked about. Mangala out, him in. Is, is that, so is that going to happen? Well, I, last night I was hearing that and then this morning I was hearing actually it's Mangala will be staying and it, it's, not, it's not any kind of exchange. And if it is an exchange, it won't be Mangala going either way. Um, Otamendi, I don't know much about him to be honest, but I know he's been playing, you know, at the highest level for a few years, and he's 27, so he's not a youngster. He's not like a Mangala where we're going to have to give him a year to to bed in. But having said that, if he was to replace someone like Mangala, it would be a bit disappointing you know, to spend 40 million on a centre half, give him 12 months, uh, and then just as he's sort of showing a bit of promise yep. to be like, actually, we're just going to go for a proven player. I know you know players all around the world. Well, no, you've wa- got a view, and you, I know you've watched him. I've watched him once. I watched him play in the Copa America in the Argentina Paraguay game, and he was shit. Aguero and Messi played brilliantly in the first half. They linked up. They got a two-nil lead, and then him and that dickhead at United Rojo whatever his name is they threw it away and Paraguay got a two-all and Roque Santa Cruz tore them a new one so I don't rate him I'd stick with Mangala I mean yeah. he's, he's, it's in his second season he had a great game yesterday against Chelsea he did give him, a, give him the season let him really try it out if I, we... I like our sorry I like our current centre-backs I think we've got the, the, one of the best in the league one of the best upcoming ones an experienced one and a youth player. It's a perfect mix. Yeah, it's a perfect mix. I think if I was to choose one player for us to sign, it would be De Bruyne. Mm. Absolutely, over Otamendi. But but then again, you know, <laughs> we've got a lot of money, so we could probably get them both. But it's all gone a bit quiet, hasn't it? Because apparently, you know, two weeks ago, it was kind of Jekko out and him in, and, and, and that deal was done, and there was an awful lot of chat about that. Then it's kind of last week, I heard very little about it, and this week, again, it's only just started, but very little about it. Well, I don't think he actually wants to... To particularly move, I don't think he really wants to force a move. Um, I think he's probably quite content at Wolfsburg, at least for another season, because they were challenging for the title last year. But if the money's right and Wolfsburg accept it, I don't think he would stay. Is, is the sort of thing. I don't think he's going to, you know, stop training and stop playing. You know, he played on the weekend, so yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting if we do sign him, um, where he's going to fit in, because of that team we played at the weekend. You could only see Navas as potentially the one that would drop out of that starting eleven. Um, he, does he deserve it yet? He's played well. Navas. He's played all right. But and he offers something defensively. Okay, well then, if you sign, sign De Bruyne, who drops out? Navas, 100%. It's got to no, be Navas, there's nobody else. I don't think anyone just yet. I think he has you to earn his place. You can't play 12. Place. No, I think he has to earn his place. 
So oh, well, of course, everyone has to earn their place, but I'm saying over the course of a season, I would expect him to take Navas's place because I don't think Navas is good enough for our team. I think Navas is probably about Tottenham or Everton level. I don't think he's good enough for a top four at all. So, are there any, if, if, if we're looking at the transfer, if we're looking at the transfer window, are there any gaps anywhere? If you, if you, we know money's if money's no object, money is no object. So, where are the gaps? You know, where where are we looking to strengthen? If you know, if De Bruyne's not going to come, um, then do we try try and find a replacement for Navas? No, we get a backup left back. I really don't rate Clichy. Yeah, I think I think people have there've been rumblings of generally it's a full back that we could do with. But then again, Kolarov and Sanya have had a good start to the season, then Zabaleta. No, he, and I don't think Clichy's a bad backup left back at all. No, I think he, he he's a good left back, but if you were to look at the next five, four or five years and you, you say what position could we strengthen for, for longevity, it'd probably be a left back. All our full backs are in their thirties now, aren't they? We got we got the young lad who's gone out on loan to New York. Haven't oh, that's we? true, Angelino. So, Angelino. Yeah. I rate so, him actually. And he's, he's got I don't know enough about him. Not seen him regularly enough. But all the all the talk is that he's going to make it, and therefore when he comes back, yeah. he's he's a he's a one for the future. That's true. I'd forgotten about him. They're probably doing them out there. They're doing terribly, aren't they? Well, they did well against New York Red Bulls, didn't they? Surely Wright Phillips told them in New York. Let's talk about the next few weeks coming up, because when you look at our next four fixtures, you know, having sort of dispatched sort of uh, West Brom and Chelsea, um, you know, six goals for none against, top of the league. We've got Everton away on Sunday, Watford at home, um, Palace away on Joe's birthday, um, and then West Ham at home. I mean, you look at those four fixtures, um, OK, Everton might be a bit of a banana skin, uh, but the other three, you'd like to think that uh, we could be uh, rocking and rolling here and uh, going with uh, the prediction that the boy here came up with at the start of the show. I think Palace away is a bit of a tricky one as well, actually. Mm, Maybe more so than Everton. I think Pardew's really got a nice team there and they play well against Arsenal. They make a right atmosphere at Selhurst Park and they're just a very exciting team to watch. Mm. I actually quite like watching them. uh, Quick on the counter, they sort of play like what we'd like to play like with players like Sterling. So I wouldn't say that's a guaranteed one. I think the two home games, you've got to be hoping that's six points. And then Everton away, we've done quite well there the past few years. So... Yeah, I'd like to think we can beat Everton away. I'd like to think we get at least 10 points out of that. Everton away, Palace away, which are, which are you most concerned about? About equal for different reasons. I think, yeah, you're right, Palace do have, a, they've got a great support, they do attack. Everton is always a tricky ground to go to because they're always up for a big game against City because there's a bit of animosity there from the Howard Kendall days and all that sort of thing. Um, but it'll be a tough game, let's be honest. Lukaku looks pretty decent at the moment. Barclay's doing OK. Stones might still be there. Probably will be next weekend with a bit to prove. So they'll be up for it. They had a great result at the weekend at Southampton. So they'll be on fire. It will be a tough game. Uh, I still think we could sneak it 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think... Uh, if in doubt, say 3-0. Well, it depends how seriously... If we take the game as seriously as we took Chelsea and West Brom, which I'm hoping we will, because we took West Brom seriously enough, I think... On our day, if we just outplay anyone, we're good enough to beat most teams in the league by a good margin. You know, maybe your Arsenal's and your United two one perhaps, but I think I think we should win all these four games. If we if we take them seriously, we should. We're better than all these teams. Listen, before we go, uh, we, it's great to have sort of new people. This is our third show of the, of the season, and we've got two new people who haven't been on the show this season uh, in the shape of Lee and Paul. I just thought we'd sort of go through our predictions, which we've been asking everybody. Uh, so this is where Manchester City Football Club will finish in the following competitions. I'm going to start with Lee and then Paul. So, Lee, are you ready for your first prediction, please? And that is Champions League, please. Um, Champions League quarterfinal. Paul? Quarterfinal as well. Lee, FA Cup. Um, FA Cup quarterfinal. Semis. League Cup. Semis. Fourth round. 
<laughs> Same as me. Premier League. First. Winners. Fantastic. I'd just like to ask Paul, you said fourth round, same as me. Do you also think we're going to get knocked out by Orient? I know they're out, aren't they? Well, no, okay, we can't get knocked out by Orient because they lost to... The, the, uh, OK, do you also think we're going to lose to Gillingham then? I don't know, I haven't a clue. Why, why, do, you, why do you think that? I don't know, I just have a feeling about Gillingham. I'd love us to have a real horrible third round or fourth round away away tie. Gillingham. We haven't had one of those for years. We always get a nice easy home. I'd love a real horrible League Two round yeah. to go to. I know what you mean. I'm, s- I'm sick of championship at home. Exactly. Listen, before we do that, we can sit back and celebrate the fact that Manchester City are top of the league. And it's a great pleasure to have my three guests with me. That's Joe Doherty, Lee Warner and Paul Denby. Thanks for joining us. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.